Welcome back, everyone. We are The Three Podcasts. We recorded episode 13 on November 13th, and I am so excited to share it with you. We will start this podcast with Mama Lisa discussing the journey we are still on as Trump refuses to acknowledge Biden's win and the votes of the American people. Enjoy. Biden winning. Yes, that was like such a fucking relief. And it's still like this battle is being waged. I mean, we we kind of knew that Trump wasn't going to, you know, go away quietly. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, kudos to Biden. Like, he's just like, uh, uh, he's like, there's other ways we can we can make this happen, you Mm -hmm. know, to, to begin the transition. So, you know, they've been they've been like forging ahead and he's, you know, looking at people for his cabinet and he he named his chief of staff. You know, and maybe we take a page, you know, we take a page out of that particular playbook. And, you know, we keep we keep doing what we're doing and moving forward. And because, I mean, we we are we are in such. I mean, these really are challenging times. Like none of us have have had to deal with what we've had to deal with in our lifetime. You know, and I've I've got quite a few years on the two of you. And, you know, I've been thinking, I've actually been thinking about this a lot of like dealing with the pandemic and the idea, that idea of, how do you keep your family safe and you know which has been you know a lot of discussion around here and what are we going to do for the holidays and you know <clears throat> i've been listening to Trevor Noah and Stephen Colbert you know um their their shows and they're like you know just like imagine imagine a year ago like when you could actually like hug somebody without you know being like afraid that what if they're infected or what if I get sick how do I care for the people I love and there has just been so much I don't know like so much that we have to think about in a day and consider in a day and process in a day and you know making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and and taking care of the people that we love and uh, you know, we do that, like, we talk every single night, just kind of like, where, you know, where's everybody at? How we do and like, what's going on? And you hear talk about, you know, pandemic fatigue and like, yeah, <laughs> there definitely is, but we can't like let that guard down yet. And you know, so yes, taking a page out of the Biden-Harris playbook of, you know, going forward and no matter what, I think will all help us maintain our level of sanity in, you know, the month the months ahead. I don't know, like, where are you guys? Where are you guys at? I almost feel like... 
I was so distracted by the election that I didn't really think about anything else for, you know, it was solid week there. Like it was really distracting. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And now it's like, oh, hey, wait, there's still a pandemic going on. There's still a lot of things that we need to that we need to deal with and start. Well, not start, but continue to fight for now. And it's like, okay, well, that was a good distraction for a little bit. But now it's like, (laughs) wow, there's a lot. There's a lot of shit we. I mean. For for me, it's like it was like so focused on the election that I was basically ignoring. And now it's like, oh, holy fuck, did the numbers jump in coronavirus? But there is some good news there. The good news is, is that while the numbers are going up very drastically, there is there is a little light of hope. And now this doesn't mean we can let our guard down or anything like that. But they did say that um, they're a lot better prepared now. They understand it a lot more than they did back in March. They have treatments they can use now. They know. So it's not just an immediate like they have nothing they can do for it. They have the remdesivir. Oh, remdesivir. Mm-hmm. Remdesivir. They had the stuff that starts with an H that they gave Trump. I oh, the, ster- the, steroid- the steroids. Yeah, yeah, they have things they can do now, which means that it's, you know, it's not as much of a death sentence. And the death, the death rates have, I mean, they're going to lag as the numbers go up. But there's some hope there. There's some hope there that, you know, it's a better situation than where they than where we were. And that doesn't mean that we can let our guard down because that it's still definitely something that can kill people and leave them with lasting symptoms. I have a friend who had it who still doesn't have her sense of taste back. But it's something that, you know, we don't have to be it, it isn't it isn't as big of an unknown now. And now that it's not an unknown, it's like, okay, well, we know what works and we know what we can do. And what we can do is wearing these masks. And the CDC did come out and say that that also can help protect us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll post, we'll po- we can post those articles, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> that, yeah. This, the studies that they've been doing is especially the type of mask you're wearing you know, like the the double layer of um, high thread count fabric, um, your surgical masks are, are also helping to prevent the person wearing it from getting sick. And that has to do with what they're calling um, the virus, virus load. load. Yeah. Right. Because it, it's actually the amount of virus that you um, take in that... Um, partly determines why people get more sick than other people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's also some really good news. And it's so it's even more important to make sure that um, you're wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if everybody, if everybody, hell, I don't know, if the majority of people in the United States could wear a mask, 
and properly social distance. Wear properly mask. wear a mask. <laughs> that is properly true. Properly. Not a handkerchief, folks. Um, a mask. An actual mask. Over your nose. Over your mouth. And your mouth. Securely to your yes. face. Yes. Because, yes, if it's not secure and it's not covering your nose and your mouth, you're still breathing in virus. So if it's actually coming, you know, through the mask, the mask has a chance to stop the virus. So, like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been a freaking broken record with the people in my life about wearing a mask. Um, I was at the grocery store this afternoon and then and the cashier who was behind me, I heard her talking to the lady that she was ringing out and she's like, yeah, it's getting really bad around here. And which it is in this little small rural area I live in. And, um, and this, the lady, she was an older woman. Um, but she was like, are you, and she was talking to the cash, cashier and she's like, are you wearing your mask all the time? And she's like, yep, I'm wearing my mask all the time. She's like, well, good. She's like, that's the problem. It's like people aren't, you know, either haven't been wearing a mask or they stopped wearing it and they think it's okay. And this lady's just like going on and going on and going on. I'm like, damn, do that to every single person you walk in, you know, you meet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she wasn't bitchy or not nothing. She was just like, no, 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 no. This is, you know, we got to protect each other here. And uh, it was pretty cool to hear. It was refreshing to hear. Let me tell you. Absolutely refreshing. I think the mindset that has been out there of the, well, I don't care about anyone. That's really what we're fighting constantly. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. You're, we're constantly, not just us, but I mean like anyone, because like, I know everyone has heard probably different versions of this, is people just not caring about someone else. Mm-hmm. And of course, that starts with first caring for yourself. So if you don't care for yourself, yeah. how can you care for other people? And I think mm-hmm. with fighting that mindset, it can definitely get very difficult to not be facetious, let's say, or to be negative or to take on those traits because you kind of get tired of having to fight through all of that all the time so I get where like sometimes you can get a little stuck in those places but it's like we gotta like continuously find our way out of those places Mm -hmm. because as I tell everybody who bitches about COVID, <laughs> you can't bring back dead people. So we need to care for one another. More yeah. more now than ever, which is definitely taking a page out of of Biden's and Harris's playbook. Because the one thing that stuck out to me when Biden was speaking during his acceptance speech, I guess is what it's called, on the 7th, Saturday? Mm-hmm. Saturday yeah, the 7th? I think so. While I was also holding my godson as he was sleeping, (laughs) he's only a month old. It was like the perfect day, by the way, to find out that Biden and Harris won. I literally, I'm going to like go off on a little tangent here and then I'll get back to what I was saying. Um, When I found out, it was actually my boyfriend called me. So I was in the middle of driving. And so I I like answered the phone. Don't do this. Um, (laughs) 
You're not technically supposed to. And I was like, what? And he was like, fight it in Harrison one. And I was like, what? I was, I was screaming out of my car. Biden won <laughs> just like over and over and over again like scream I rolled down my windows I'm in like a rural area of course I'm in Trump country by the way and I'm just screaming it like Biden won Biden won I'm like because I can't even believe it either because I'm just like what yeah. and of course that I played I played we are the champions because that's the best song ever and then I played <laughs> story of tonight by Hamilton and I was like ecstatic for the rest of the weekend. And it was just a nice, a nice reprieve from what I've actually started to call the Trump abuse. Because like it's like being in an abusive relationship for four years, and I know what that's like. And that's really what the Trump administration has been like. So it's like a little bit of like a healing moment, which is really all of Biden's campaign. It was about healing and not yeah. divide. And when he was speaking, he said, I'm, it isn't an exact quote, but he was like, I'm not going to treat the states as Democratic or Republican. I'm going to treat everyone as Americans. And I'm going to do what's necessary to heal this country because of the divide that has happened. And it's like, I mean, for the last few days, all I have been doing is searching out listening to Biden and, and Harris talk because it's just like I just want to hear someone care about me because for right. four years we've had the living shit kicked out of us by a man child who thinks it's okay to abuse people like we actually as individuals and as a nation actually have to address that abuse that we went through I think because it takes time to process that because anybody who's been in an abusive relationship knows what that feels like. Yeah. Well, it becomes a new norm and we can't let that be the new norm and we can't let ourselves be victims to this or be victims yeah. to this again. Hell no. We have to be survivors and then we have to deal with the reason why Trump was able to get into power because mm -hmm. someone like that should not be able to, get the presidency right now now <laughs> luckily our system is really hard to change and probably for the better because we did win this election doesn't matter what trump wants to tote around like honestly i haven't even listened to it i'm just like i know it's there i know it's happening but there's like other things we need to deal with aka to keep doing the work we're doing and also pay attention to the COVID cases and keeping ourselves and our loved ones safe. That's priority over his whining. Yeah, but for the most part, Trump has been basically hiding. He's on Twitter, of course, going on his Twitter rants. But other than coming out for Veterans Day, which he was late to, by the way, other than coming out for Veterans Day for a very short uh I think it was at the I think it was in Arlington just like a very short ceremony he's basically been hiding in the White House and really for the most part hasn't been acting like the president that he still currently is because he's basically a little kid having a temper tantrum right now because 
mommy took his toy away. And in this case, the toy happens to be this entire fucking country and mommy happens to be the American people. Yes, they've literally kicked him out. And this has been a long, a long, long ass four years. And like what, like what Brie was saying, you know, it's like it, it's like we've been in, in this abusive relation relationship, mm-hmm. and it's almost like like you get used to it and you expect it, and it's like oh, it's just Trump, and I think we've mentioned this before too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Biden coming along and. He was the intervention, mm. right? He he was the one who stepped in and said, uh-uh, what you doing here, America? Come on, you know, sit down. Let's talk about this because you're, 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 you're being foolish here. Here's what's been going on. And um, let's get you out of this and get some help. I know that... Um- One thing that happens in abusive relationships, and I know this from experience, is that you start to make excuses for them. Well, exactly. We look, we all did that with Trump. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, oh, it's just Trump. And you begin to like, you hear it so often, and, and then you just kind of begin to ignore it and wishing it would go away. And I've got to say that. It's only probably been, I don't know, well, well, since since Obama, it's like I've slowly like started getting more into politics. And really over the past two years when I have really started paying attention and reading and understanding what, you know, what's what's going on. And it's like finding your where that passion is to to actually do something to better the world that you live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think you could say actually as US citizens, we actually have an obligation. Yes, we do. An obligation to this country and to each other to pay attention to our government and how it runs because the reality is the government does not run us, we run the government. We elect mm-hmm. everybody into office, everyone. So if there's people in government you don't like, or there is laws you don't like, or things happening that you don't like, we actually have the power to change those things. Now, does that mean it's going to change overnight? No. no. Can you change it by yourself? Absolutely not. You can't. No one can do anything by themselves. We have to work together. Like, that's actually how our government is structured. Our government was put together, fun fact here, the government was actually put together by John Adams, and he actually, like, um, looked into a lot, I think it was Greek and Roman democracies or Mm -hmm. governments, and he intentionally made gridlock. That would happen if both parties, or just the people in general, in government could not come to agreements on anything. So we are, like interlocked with one another until we actually decide that we want to resolve this issue. So was his intention then that 
the people would then step in and replace them if they don't get something done. I don't know. I don't know if he had a, a further idea of that, but it basically is forcing us to have to work together. Right, right. And that and like, think about it. Think about it this way. Like when when we get when we kind of interlock with each other, when we're trying to like work something out in our life or in how we're thinking about things or whatever that is, um, when we interlock with that idea, that thought, that that issue, whatever it is, it actually can fuel you to a, a resolution. Mm-hmm. Because it can get pretty uncomfortable, right? <laughs> like this gridlock that we're in is pretty uncomfortable. It's and extremely it, it, uncomfortable. It, right. And most most people want to want to then do something to resolve that, right? They like it like think about that uncomfortableness is what helps us to grow. Mm-hmm. It's the only way we grow is like when situations get uncomfortable enough for us to do something. Right. So if yep. you think about if you think about what Adams did with this gridlock, it's very interesting. I, I thought it was really interesting. When I yeah. Heard it. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. Right. Because you're like, you know, um, say you have you're, you know, at your job and you're trying to finish a project and, you know, you have to work with, you know, you have to work with people like to get any project done Mm -hmm. and say an issue arises, say someone didn't supply something that they should, or someone forgot to set the meeting or the client misunderstood something and you get that uncomfortableness and there's an issue and you know, there's an issue and then you all like have to work together to resolve that issue. Otherwise it doesn't get done, but there's like Mm -hmm. that angst or uncomfortableness or that extra energy you have to put into like, it just happens. It's like, we arrived at a solution somehow. How did we do that? You know, and but we do it. Yeah, we do it all the we time. We always do it. We have mm-hmm. to do it yeah. because we have to do it to survive. Yes. Yeah, we do. And um, so, yeah, that whole idea of one, that idea of gridlock is like the natural, the natural way that we resolve things, you know, anything. And we're currently in that within the United States on a large scale within Mm -hmm. the White House itself. And so it's like it's 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 got to it's going to resolve one way or another, one way or the other, you know, and it's like like you've got you've got the Trump and, you know, his loyalists and Mm -hmm. like the Republican Party and they're like holding on for dear life of like that old way of doing things, right? Of like mm-hmm. that idea of the economy comes before people. And that's been one of the big fights in COVID. And it's like that money and power, right? You know, I mean, businesses used to be structured like that. They didn't care about their people. The people that worked for them, they, don't, they, they cared about making money. And, you know, to hell with the little guy in the company. Well, companies, companies have come to a place, you know, majority have come to the place of realizing, you know, if we shit on our employees, we're not, they're not going to stick around and they're, you know, they're not going to do the work that we need them 
or want them to do. It's like everybody or, has to work together within a company to make it, you know, to make this a, a, a wonderful place to be. So you have that particular mindset fighting, you know, that new way of thinking and that old way of thinking clashing. But like I've even over the last six years that I've been there, I have seen a shift because if businesses do not shift or pivot, they die. Yes, they do. Yep. Because we have to evolve. We have to evolve to survive. That is just the way it is. And Mm -hmm. luckily, my company has realized, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this thing. Maybe this isn't really the greatest thing. And over the past years, during the whole Trump administration, you've had all of these movements rise up. But it's like you like it's like people are like slowly coming out of this like this like stasis of like complacency and being mm-hmm. like, um, I don't really like being treated this way. And that's what everyone has to do. We have to all come to a place where we realize that our voices do matter. Our votes do count. And that we are actually the ones in control. Of our situations. Yeah. Well, it's like we talked about before that, like, we constantly have to be evolving how we think. And if you think back, like, how, if we think back to, like, how labor in the United States, for instance, used to be, and you think about the radium girls, the Mm -hmm. girls who were literally killed by radiation and what that whole situation did to change how labor laws and OSHA and all those things and how we have uh, child labor laws and we have laws about overtime and all those sorts of things. But it's almost like we form this complacency where we say, well, okay, now that, now that these things are in place, the businesses are treating us well. We're not dying anymore. But that's just not the case where if we're constantly putting businesses over people, it's like, hey, maybe we should think about this. Like those original thoughts of, you know, let's not kill people need to be evolved now because it's gone beyond like just like. And I mean, honestly, when you think about it, it's a very similar idea because of what essential workers are coming up against in the workplace now. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Because COVID actually exposed, and Trump actually, at the same time, Trump and COVID exposed where one, the government isn't functioning for the people, and two, where businesses are not functioning for people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I mean, I I experienced that firsthand when the pandemic started. Um, Oh, right. I was, yeah, I was working part-time for a startup marketing agency, and I was also... um, working at a a local small business. Um, And when the pandemic started, the boss at the the local small business, um, he was supposed to close down and decided to continue working, you know, under the table, basically, without hopefully getting caught and told us that, um, well, we could come in or not. It was up to us, which meant if we didn't come in, we didn't get paid. 
Right, because you were hourly. I was hourly and no way to to get um you know um what is it called unemployment benefits right because he wasn't going to shut down and I was like holy shit you know I have my mom's immunocompromised I mean nobody knew anything at this point and I was like what am I going to do so I went to um the woman who owned the startup marketing agency and told her, you know, Hey, this is what's going on. Uh, you know, like, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she basically, what she did was like, how many hours do you need a month? What do you need? And we sat down, we worked it out by the end of that night. I was able to go the next day and say, I'm done. And this is why. Because the boss didn't give a shit about his employees. He only gave a shit about the money. And I realized at that moment I couldn't work for that any longer. So I'm working full time at the marketing agency and working remotely and enjoying immensely what I'm doing. Um, but it, it took, it, it took that moment in time for me to go, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, and I mean, I'm grateful that it happened because I really wanted to go full-time anyway with the marketing agency. And this was like the incentive to make it happen. But I also had, I also had someone who was willing to, say, okay, you know what? Let's do this. I understand, I understand, you know, what's going on and we're going to do this differently. And I knew that they actually gave a shit. And that was the deciding factor because they saw value in you. That was the deciding. Yep. That was the deciding factor. And that's who, and that's who Biden is for this country. Now, that's yeah. not to say that's not to say that we didn't have our friends like Bernie and AOC saying, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but they rattled the cages. <laughs> yeah, they, they rattled the cages. But Biden stepping in and, you know, he's he's what we needed at this point. He like just hearing the difference between them. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, you know, you have to be able to see the difference. Mm-hmm. You have to, because if you stay, if you're always constantly looking at the same, the same thing, again, in your mind, that becomes normal. And then mm-hmm. suddenly, you get to this, you get to see this over here of like, wait a minute, that looks different. Now, mm-hmm. there can be one of two things happen. One, you run for the hills and say, oh, no, 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 no. You know, Uncle Joe did it like this, you know, his whole life. You know, I got to do it the same way. Or you're going to go, wait a minute. Let me take a look at this closer. And then you actually get to see, like, where you stand. Mm-hmm. And decide. Like, you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. And I think a lot of Americans um, did that, this election. 
Like they yes, were like, they I, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yep. And we need to remember that actually. Oh, you yeah. need to yes. remember Tattoo that. Tattoo it on your forearm. <laughs> However it is, you need to remember this. And the thing is like, it's gr- it was great having that day that just, I-, I mean, I slept like a baby. I woke up with no anxiety or like not yeah. in my chest for the first time in four years. And especially after these 11 months, basically for me, or whatever it is, 10 months. Yeah, since March. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, okay, it's going to be okay. We just have to keep, we have to keep going. We just have to keep pushing through, keep going, keep taking back our power as Mm -hmm. a nation. Because the power, and I will say this forever, the power lies with the people, period. And we can actually change this. We can. We can. I mean, we are. We, we, We literally have have changed and you got to keep that in mind is is like every day you wake up you you have that moment in time to decide what it is you're going to do that day and the choices that you're going to make so it's up to each and every one of us and keep keep caring for one another and keep talking with each other and you know if if, like when we do this like you know sometimes we do get down and it's just like we got to talk it through and you you know you got to have people who have your back well there's definitely more that there's definitely more that connects us than there is that divides us like that's the reality of it right because everyone's pain points are going to be very very similar and mm-hmm. is my family safe? Do I have a job? Can I pay the bills? Do I have food on the table? Do I have shelter? At the end of the day, that's really what everyone's actually concerned about to varying degrees. Like us as average people, that's really what matters. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did also see that um, what Biden, like, he, they're laying out the game plan of how to deal with the pandemic mm-hmm. and it was four to six weeks shutdown taking care of the people financially and you know taking care of the businesses and getting this pandemic under control mm-hmm. that's how the other nations have done it and it's literally taking you know caring for one another enough to say, hey, you know what? I give a shit about you, and I'm going to fight for you. And caring for one another enough to say, hey, you know what? I give a shit about you. Maybe it isn't the best idea for us to gather 20 family members for Thanksgiving this year because I give a shit about all of you, and I want you to be safe. Yep, and I've just had to deal with that you know, at home here. And it wasn't it wasn't about the holidays. It was about um, the butcher shop that runs during deer season. That's right outside our back door. Um, And a family member is the one who takes care of that. And uh, I mean, I was like 
very concerned about this because there's guys coming all the time and coming over and helping. And we literally have the virus within two minutes of us with people that we know. Our aunt actually died a few weeks ago from COVID. So it's really, it strikes us really close to home. It was actually my mom's sister. So I had to have that talk today with the family member about, you know, you really need to be wearing a mask if you're going to do this. And let me tell you, it was a battle. And it was a hard-won battle. But it came down to, it's like, look, we have an obligation to take care of one another and make sure each and every one of us are safe in this household. And about 15 minutes after the conversation ended, um, they came back and they're like, yeah, like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And it's just not worth it. And this is this is a hardcore Republican voted for Trump person. And if they if they can change their mind, anybody can change their mind. One thing I would like to leave you with is um, my dad actually asked if I could say this for him. But my dad is a uh, he is a healthcare worker. He is on the front lines. He works in an emergency room. The hospital that he works at as of yesterday had 38 people in the hospital with COVID currently, which is a lot for a rural hospital. And what he wanted me to say is just to remind people that the reason why some people probably aren't getting sick at this point isn't because they're invincible. It's not because the virus isn't going to get to them. It's because the other people around you care enough to wear a mask. And those are the thoughts we're going to leave you with for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please take a few minutes to go to iTunes to rate and review us. This really helps our podcast visibility and it helps us to grow as well. Also, besides the fact that we do love to hear from you guys. As far as seeing more of our content, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The3Podcasts, as well as on our website, The3Podcasts.com, where you can find blogs, resources, and episode transcripts. Until next time, The Three Podcasts, out.